0: Most of you hopefully listened to the earlier um, Dean episode or the the Flex episode we had Liz on as well, uh, which is pretty good introduction, I guess, to what you guys do and what you're all about. Um, But today probably taking slightly more deliberate approach. um, You probably can see Jason's already smiling. I'm sitting upright today. I (laughs) I think the last time we did a positive bodybuilding episode was like the first time we had a Lisa Jewel on like three and a half years ago and then everything since then has been like how fucked up you get when you die and,
1: <laughs> and then the rest of how there'll probably yeah. still be undertones of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no doubt you know. yeah, of course. especially if the topic is how to get dick skin lean <clears throat> well there's going to be moments where you're going to feel pretty sure. yeah 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 and but I I think
0: let's think let's uh maybe talk about the good sides of it as well yeah well, or so i think even just the
1: appropriate way to, to approach it right
0: yeah yeah, so um, you competed
1: how long ago now? Uh, October, so I think it's coming on like just under maybe like twenty four weeks now. Yeah, well um, thereabouts. However many months that is, I won't embarrass myself and try and uh, do the maths very quickly. But yeah, it was October I did nationals. Or I did Queensland's first, and then uh, two weeks later I did nationals. Yeah. Um, in the under nineties, so I came in at like eighty nine and a half kilos. Yeah. And got the Queensland title first, and then uh, came second at nationals to Ariel. um who's a seasoned competitor so it was kind of fun to lose to somebody of his caliber yeah Um, not fun to lose but like I appreciate losing to people that I think are very very good yeah um and even in in the Queensland show I ended up um beating Murray Culcutt, who's turned pro in the classic division since and uh is actually man that dude's got a a killer physique so obviously not bodybuilding which is why there was a win there for me but um yeah. yeah so I actually had like some real tough competition which is the main thing too yeah, like, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not the person that's really into winning against nobody yeah. I, I, yeah yeah it's always
0: that guy that like placed in that show that only three people win. yeah I don't yeah.
1: understand that mentality of like just yeah. trying to chase a win like I'm trying to chase an end result and for me it was be so respectably uh, lean that people go oh shit like yeah. Yeah. what the fuck did he do yeah <laughs> um uh which I think I achieved now that I look back on it I didn't realise I was actually as lean as I was yeah okay Um, which I think is one of those distorted things that you would be very aware of too like you always think you're far off yeah Um, so it's super important to have somebody looking at you from the outside in yeah Yeah. but I decided to do it without anybody as well (laughs) I wanted to do it on my own so I could sort of put my money where my mouth is yeah um which is generally a fairly large mouth that has a large opinion. So, yeah, there's was a lot of pressure on myself to achieve that. So um, and I was home, it was otherwise a, a fairly successful season, I'd say. So what was
0: the catalyst for you to actually want to compete?
1: Uh, long enough away from the memories of the first one. <laughs> yeah. um, no, like, how long ago was the first? Th- because you competed Four twice. years, yeah. So yeah. I competed, they were exactly four years apart, the exact yeah. same show. The first show I competed at under 85, but so I was about 83 kilos. So in that four years, six kilos, but a significantly different look. Um, I wouldn't think six kilos in the federation that I compete in is that impressive Yeah. Um, from a weight gain point of view, but I also didn't really take my training, nutrition, supplementation protocols and all that seriously up until like quite legitimately 24 weeks out. Yeah. Um, and what was the catalyst? Um, I went to the IFB show in the beginning of the year, watched Logan Robson win. Um, crazy physique. Yeah. And that was when the IFB just split and they ran that show like no show I've been to before. Uh, it seemed like the athletes were really well looked after. They had the best interests at heart, at heart as opposed to making money. Um, and Logan was just chipping away in my ear as well, like, compete, yeah. man, compete. I'm going to compete at Nationals. Like, it'll be sweet. And I actually thought, yeah, actually, I wouldn't mind competing alongside Logan. That'd be pretty fucking cool. And then he didn't compete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bastard. that guy. I, and I'd already committed. And then yeah, I was obviously, uh, at the time, like where I met you boys as well, was we brought Broderick out with the guys from under the bar, and yeah. I was talking to him more, and I was just kind of getting more into back into training and all the rest of it. And I just thought, fuck, I mean, I think I'm in a pretty good position to commit. Um, and I want to probably pretty arrogantly show that what can be achieved with 24 weeks of smart programming, smart nutrition, appropriate supplementation protocols that aren't outlandish but really well thought out, um, what you can do in 24 weeks if you know what you're doing, yeah. and then compare it to people that do this all the time, full time, for like years on end, and end up going back the same weight. Yeah. and saying like, you guys need to sort your shit out because this actually isn't that hard. It's very simple. It's a mathematical equation that's mixed with a shit ton of effort. Yeah. And a lot of people have effort in the short term, not in the long term, not consistent effort. And then they have really poor systems and really poor uh, applications of training modalities and all the rest of it. And they just essentially spin their wheels. So yeah. arrogantly, I want to kind of prove that that was possible. So. Which I I did so. So did you get to a point where you were
2: confident that like what you'd accrued in that four years was like enough to have a crack or you were just like, I'm gonna have a crack and use whatever I've got available
1: and see how I go? Um, I definitely wasn't happy with what I'd achieved in the four years. Yeah. So that's where I suppose the arrogant aspect I'm trying to refer to was like, I wanna see what I can get done in 24 weeks. Like if I can recomp, gain weight muscle tissue simultaneously while losing fat in this initial phase then maintain muscle mass continue there out and get on stage having grown throughout this prep like the whole grow into a show it's possible if you detrained yourself prior you know Um, that even with a small very concentrated high quality effort can achieve X result Uh, so it was more like a bit of a challenge I think to sort of prove the point that you can do it if you want to or if you know how to yeah. yeah. And it
0: sounds um, like you had like the 24 weeks lifestyle wise to be able to be like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Time to
1: go. And that's a lot of pressure too, like to, to commit to that. Like, Oh, I've been away for four years. Like you better show up better hey. I... Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, I had yeah. 24 weeks to try and make up for, I think like three years of pretty average effort. Um, like I trained on average, maybe three days a week. I ate very intermittently, quite sporadically. Yeah. I holidayed multiple times. We built business. So yeah. like, training and that was fun but it wasn't important to me yeah but yeah from 24 weeks out when I had that conversation and then Liz had to deal with the reality that I was going to do it again because <laughs> <laughs> um, I did my first comp three months into a relationship so oh wow it's luckily she's in the industry and she understood what she was getting herself into but even then you never really know until you do it yeah um, once I decided I didn't miss the mark once like that's it yeah. it's game on for me and like this shit's going to get serious real quick and yeah yeah. The biggest thing I suppose for me compared to some other people is my lifestyle was very conducive to an effective result. Yeah. Uh, I controlled every minute of my day based on how I wanted to work, where I wanted to work, how much work I wanted to do, uh, how I trained cardio and all the rest of it. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: So moving post show
1: now, yeah.
2: like, have you been able to like, was it obviously we're not going to be able to maintain what we got at the show, but mm-hmm. has that changed? Like, you know, does the, is the frequency of the sessions gone back up, like, you're right. only doing three or four sessions a week now are you intermittently still dieting or have you been able to use that 24-week period to lay some rituals in your mm-hmm. day
1: and week to kind of improve on like what you were doing beforehand it definitely highlighted the importance to me of maintaining uh training for my mental health also yeah. like i really need that time away to have my break and I, I feel guilty when i don't train and then when i feel guilty it, it gets to me and it annoys me so I'm still maintaining a minimum of four sessions a week, generally five. Yeah. Um, but like I did the recipe for disaster post comp too. Like I had four weeks after comp, then I went on a holiday in Japan. Yeah, yep. like Japan's the food capital of the world. If you actually have ever been there, it's a crazy place to eat. So um, that I feel was like really, I have because I just looked
0: at every post. Right, like, <laughs> that's a really, really, cool, really, really cool <laughs> place to test your knowledge
1: again. But thankfully in Japan you have crazy high output. So like I, I managed to essentially just balance it, but. Um, I haven't gone back to counting macros specifically. I've been, made a conscious effort of having weeks where sometimes I do just to regulate and see where I'm at. Um, but I just eat mindfully now and I sort of cycle calories up and down depending on how I feel with the reference of how I look. Um, and I'm trying to maintain a leaner physique because I just generally feel healthier. Um, but my body composition now at 100 kilos is significantly better than what it was at 100 kilos beforehand. Yeah. yeah. So I think I've retained all the tissue, still keeping body fat low, hunger signals are back to normal, energy is pretty solid. I still have hunger, which is good too. It's yeah. nice to enjoy food again. Um, I didn't enjoy it pre prep. Yeah. I was overfed and overfat, so. Yeah. Um, you know, really, it's. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think I've maintained a decent amount of it, probably like 85%, I it. Yeah. 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 yeah Steps cool. definitely went down, though, like general activity. Yeah. Because it was back into business, so less general activity going about. Yeah, okay. Which just meant less food. Yeah, yeah so you scale that. it. Yeah. You got to yeah. scale intuitively. Yeah, so I like can prep on average. 15,000 steps sometimes lower depending on if you do cardio um, whereas now like if I'm, I'm walking my dog it'll be like six to 7,000 yeah because I sit a lot of the time on the computer uh, but we just moved to now we're much closer to the beach so like my steps will likely probably go back up at 12,000 to 15,000 okay. just by default of lifestyle change
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah
0: that's cool so obviously the the highlight we wanted to put on the episode was like how to get yep skin how to mm-hmm. get proper peeled Yeah. so where obviously we need to start at the beginning is that would you say that that's with we always talk about having like a checklist of like being ready to compete mm-hmm. um, so I'm curious as to you
1: know famous women prep for prep um, I know you guys have had yeah. Yeah. To speak on that. Um, yeah I'm a massive advocate of that for my guys and girls as well yeah um, but yeah the checklist is pretty simple I mean for me There's some, the variables that I control both for clients and myself are very simple. I control output based on general need activity through steps. Mm -hmm. Um, If I was regulating steps and I didn't want to change those, then there would be parameters for cardio based on caloric burn or time spent on a particular machine. Um, Weight training is always regulated 100% for performance, whether that be set volume, tonnage, like total uh, kilograms lifted across the week or the session, uh, frequency, or whatever it may be, that has to be controlled for me and then macronutrients. Uh, Starting at a certain caloric level that I believe to be sufficient to feed me, um, and then over time changing that depending on what I'm trying to achieve. So I think early on in prep, the biggest thing is just getting that consistency of stimulus going in really, really well. So five sessions a week, progressively push the training uh, intensity up or the volume up if you have to. Um, Regulate your steps for what you normally do I think yeah. a lot of people start too high and have nowhere yeah. way to escalate yeah not that i'm also a fan of escalating steps but rather just escalating activity this whole notion of uh controlling meat by periodizing meat is just fucking retarded yeah um didn't even know we that didn't know there was a thing, thing. It's yeah, yeah. we yeah. didn't know it was a thing at all so yeah i actually um i utilize steps as a way to get my caloric expenditure up but only yeah. because my steps started so low yeah um but i actually had myself as a really good case study for not driving them too far above your normal. Yeah. Because it negatively impacted my recovery status like crazy. Nice. I don't think people realize actually how demanding walking is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the road, not on a treadmill. Uh, when you're not someone who does a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and it was highly fatiguing to the point where I actually had to pull steps out. Yeah. Because okay. I consciously had to decide to go to well, uh,
2: like where how many steps are we talking like?
1: Well, like, so like when I said, so from 24 weeks yeah. out, I decided to regulate my steps at about 8,000-ish. It was like, give or take 6 to 8,000. I just wanted yeah. to look at what I was doing. Um, the first six weeks of my prep was all designed around trying to get back into training, get on as much muscle tissue as possible. Um, the federation that I'm involved in, you can use particular supplements, they stayed neutral. So there was nothing, yeah. there was no escalation. It was just like TRT dose, yeah. just be healthy, right? Um, and then from 18 weeks out, they started their thing and they, and they escalated up according to what I was trying to achieve throughout that particular prep. But steps started at like six to 8,000 training started at five days a week on average, probably anywhere between 12 and 18 sets per session. Yeah. Um, my calories around that stage were around about sort of 35 to 40 times body weight. So I was a hundred to 101. Oh, I actually started at 97 kilos prep Yeah. 24 weeks out. Um, as time progressed, because I was trying to get this whole recomposition approach, I started to cycle calories in and out depending yeah. on how I was feeling. So some days were high according to, uh, like trying to get into that sort of surplus approach and really drive hypertrophy and yeah. recovery. And then other days were low to bring my weekly average down. So I was still potentially burning through some fat. Yeah. The long and the short of that was like 12 weeks out, I think I was 97 kilos um, yeah. Yeah. and significantly different. So you yeah. Recomped a fair bit. Yeah, like I reckon, I reckon within that twenty-four week phase, I probably gained a good four or five kilos of tissue.
0: Yeah. And um, you attribute that to the
1: cycling of the calories and training stimulus going well above. So I sort of got a bit of a beginner gain again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure, and I also think like being over fat at a, for a point in time it doesn't achieve any greater lean muscle tissue mm-hmm. uh, gain. So just putting yourself into a, uh, a position where, like. Greater arheumatisation, greater controlling of like hormone changes, um, nutrient partition is going to be down regulated, you're not going to utilise carbohydrates as effectively, you generally feel unhealthy, you have higher blood pressure, you know, heart rate shit, like otherwise they're Cartier fairly shit. stressed, yeah. right? So so getting that down in that initial phase just made me a better athlete. By being a better athlete, I could perform better, be stronger, recover faster and actually drive more food in. So um, the overreaching rule to answer it simply, like if you cut the podcast off right now in regards to like how to get dick and Lean is like, set set your goals, do not waver on effort and performance. Yeah. Yeah. And wait. Yeah. And hands down, like every time I work with somebody, the maths just never ever lies mm. when it comes to controlling the calories. The only thing yeah. it does is the person. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the difference, is the willingness to Not suffer. I hate the concept of like you have to suffer to get lean, but there is a moment of suffrage where you should be trying to minimize the suffering for as long as possible, but then there's a point in time where it's just gonna suck. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, there's just
2: no way around that. Yeah, so are you do you try and communicate those expectations? Like, do you try and communicate that that's going to happen to your client, those set them up for that stage? Because I kind of feel like there's either, like, people make it so it sucks from day one because they kind of want it to. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. like, I'm competing. Like, I need to, it needs to suck because that's what yep. is supposed to happen. Um, obviously, you're, you're not wanting to do that. But are you telling, are you trying to communicate that to your client or are you telling yourself, like, all right, like, we're four weeks out. Like, yep. this is that time when, you
1: know, we're going to have to go into that hole a little bit deeper. Yep. Yeah, I, um, the dialogue of the conversation in the initial phase of prep is always centered around i need you to be a maximum performer yeah you know so like set up that athlete mindset is where you're like dotting on your i's crossing your t's and all i really want you to do is perform exceptionally well in the gym and eat your food yeah and then as the the body fat starts to come down and i start to see like performance either wavers or it sits neutral or in the subjective feedback data that we get from our clients we're starting to see things like oh i'm feeling a bit fatigued and tired and my energy's down, I'm going to lose strength. Like they're perceiving that they're going to go backwards. Yeah. Then it's quickly nip that in the butt and say you need to now take this as a bit of a recognition of the reality of what dieting is. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. Find ways to get past it. Yeah. And then also sort of driving home the concept is like this is where everyone gets to. Yeah. And then they, Yeah. they either then go that way, they stay the same or the very small percentage go, all right, yeah. this is what it is. And I think like with, my flexible approach to nutrition uh people assume that would be easier too mm-hmm. it is easier in that you can eat food you like yeah uh but there's just no way around hunger like yeah uh, it is what it is man. Yeah. Like, i <laughs> yeah. was hungry you know i had days where i consciously honestly had to decide whether or not i could take another step and that's not even a joke man like i remember yeah. like on thursdays listen i have date day and we went to burley hill and we're walking around and it's okay when you know where you're going where, you, where the end point is like it's sort of like you go to the gym during prep you're so tired but you know that there's a beginning a middle and an end so long as you get to the middle you make it to the end Yeah. and we went on this walk around this sort of mountain and I didn't know what the end was Yeah. and we got halfway in and I was just like fuck I think I might just sit down yeah. like I was that gassed um, at that point because I'm like I was like you know Prep for me is essentially taking yourself as close to starvation and death as you can without dying, right? Like when it comes to that, it's fucked yeah. up, so yeah. Um, and I think like setting people up to at least recognize hunger as uh, a necessity for survival, yeah. and then just appreciating that that's not gonna go away is really important for coaching them to the point where they're not gonna then eat above yeah. what their requirements are. Yeah. Um, but anybody that says that they eat very low calories and don't get lean they're just lying
2: yeah yeah so So. can you can you like do you think being in your position like gotten in really good shape even now like (laughs) you know getting super lean because you're incredibly lean do you think that that helps you like kind of communicate that message to your clients now it's like i've been there i know what's around the corner i know what's probably around that corner like you just need to stick it out like do you feel like that's a it's kind of a good place to be able to walk the walk first so you can coach someone? Or is it just knowing the mathematical equations, the physiology and all that kind of stuff, like just knowing it and you can still apply it?
1: I think with empathising with them, sure. Like yeah, I think it's definitely there. I think I knew that beforehand from yeah. from like the, the ability to apply my knowledge side of things. Um, one thing I think getting that lean has been negative for though in regards to the coach-client relationship is that sometimes my expectations are greater than theirs. Yeah. Um and I'm very black and white with what I expect out of people. They pretty much know from the beginning this is how I set things up, this is what I expect of you. And that expect that expectation is really just centered around respect and and trust. Like I don't really I don't expect people to not kind of cheat because people do that. I uh, just expect that there's respect and trust in the relationship that they can have a proper conversation with me about it, so we can try and mitigate it from happening again and again, right? Um, but there's definitely been phases where I've got somebody and I'm like, oh, I'm so close to getting this person properly lean. Mm-hmm. where yeah. I can like give that the tick of approval and say, check that out, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they're just like almost sabotaging that concept. Yeah. And I don't know why. And then you have that open conversation, like, are you actually happy with what you've achieved so far? And when they say yes, that's game over. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. the difference is I was never really happy yeah. satisfied but never really happy it. it wasn't until like three weeks out where I had to test uh, a depletion phase that I otherwise wouldn't normally suggest because uh, I knew I had to make weight that I walked in and did some posing practice for Logan and he just went fuck dude you look way better in person than you're doing pictures mm. and I was like oh and then he showed me a picture and I was like okay but that was about the moment where I thought I think I've done it right yeah, yeah. Um, but up until that point, I was still just like constantly. I remember even having a, a conversation with Aaron Pilates, and we were both there like, how the fuck do these people get on stage with fat, bar- fat asses? Yeah. Like, how do they get on stage with fat hamstrings? Like, I don't understand it. And he was slamming people, and I remember like listening to him going, I agree, I agree, but then not being willing to show in mind. <laughs> yeah. Because I was worried that mine was still fat. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was like literally two days later, I did that posing thing for Logan, and he was like, yeah, dude, you're good yeah okay. um, and like he's quite well known for getting people lean too so when you get the approval from people that you respect what they can achieve with other people that's yeah. kind of was my yardstick uh, in regards to whether or not I was sufficiently lean but So definitely what, you can empathise
2: where do you draw the line then um, with like so say you're competing with someone and they are happy with the way they look mm-hmm. but they might not meet your expectations of like say stage lean mm-hmm. like do we are you then in a situation where you're like alright I'm happy for you to compete anyway, or is yep. it like that's not acceptable for the standard of like Dean as a coach from the flex? Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. where, because you see a lot of co- like there's athletes that like I got upstage first time I was not lean enough. Yep. Like, you know, but it was like oh, that's my first show. But anyway, I'm like, I shouldn't have competed. Like in mm-hmm. my head, if I did that now, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have turned up. Yep. But that was because it was me and like if I had I've had clients can com- go want to compete and I'm like, oh, you not lean enough that I don't want to do anymore? Well, yep.
1: Where does that sit for you? Um, yeah. Probably like it's twofold. Like I appreciate that not everybody can get there. So I think like if you actually uh, think about that question objectively, the reality is that there's maybe like a, a handful of people in each show that truly get to that level of stage condition where I'm like, whoa, man, that person, that person done well. Yeah. The problem is though is that the end result doesn't necessarily. Uh, determine the success for me either because the reality is I can starve someone senseless you can drug someone sideways and get them lean and everybody looks at them and perceives that as success and they're actually like literally dying inside so yeah. that's not an acceptable way to do it but yeah. from, a, from when you look at it that's how people see it um, so I'm happy so long as they're happy yeah. like my business isn't centered around getting people Like, it's not something that people come to us for necessarily. Like, oh, I want to get dick, skin, lean, as much as I would like it to. Like, we don't have the rhetoric in in this industry that drives that kind of buy-in from a lot of people as well. I think it's starting to change. And, like, people that respect information and knowledge and know that that can be applied in a certain way, then there's some bigger-name people that I'm working with now and people in behind the scenes that recognise that that being important. Um, But, I mean, there's there's individuals in this industry that are extremely outspoken, uh, still have knowledge but because of the way in which they, they conduct themselves online, the person, that, the kind of person that goes to them is the kind of person that is willing to go yeah. to the pits of the prep prep. And it's not that the coach necessarily is the best coach and can get them lean. It's because the person that goes to them has an incredible buy-in. Yeah. yeah, you know, And that's all that matters to them. So they'll just do everything they're told because they've seen it happen yeah. before without understanding the process to get there. Um, the difference is, is I could achieve both.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's that, that cerebral yeah
1: cerebral body build up it's like slowly evolved over the last yeah few yeah, years it's, it's definitely changing so um, but it's, it's quite a funny industry because that buy-in is, is quite incredible Yeah. there's individuals that I've seen go to people where they have contracts that are so outlandish in what the expectations are of that athlete that no one would in their right mind would sign it Yeah. but if you do chances are you're probably willing to do whatever it takes yeah So they'll get lean. And then like, you know, average Joe on the outside looks at them and goes, well, that coach is clearly awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But they have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah.
2: I Mm. inquired with someone and they sent me their terms and conditions and we discussed them. Mm. And I was like, no, I can't do this. But when we were like, well, if you get all those ducks in a row, like how are you not supposed to get yeah, 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 The result at the end. Like, I get it. That's probably... I'm not saying that's what's needed, but it's like you need someone who's willing to, like, you've got a method, um, you know, you've, you know, like, you set things up for nutrition and training <laughs> and that in your particular way. Um, so you want to have these people kind of following it. But some of the stuff was just, like, next level. Oh, yeah, I've heard some crazy shit from people that are very popular in this industry. Um, but yeah. would you say
0: it's like the attitude to commit to that is what makes the difference rather
2: than
1: the actual mm. method method itself. Yeah. yeah. Like I have the notion that I'm not willing to fail. Yeah. You know, like I've always been competitive in sport and there is a far greater impact on me as an individual if I was to cheat than what there ever would be if I lose. Yeah. In my eyes. So like I'm not even, I'm not joking in the slightest. But I literally did not miss a fucking millimeter for 24 weeks. Yeah. Not a single thing was wrong. Everything was hit. It meant like the difference between prep and now is like if it's 11 PM and I haven't done my training session, I'm gonna go to bed. Yeah. Cause I recognize yeah. that it's okay to do that. But in yeah. prep, I went to the gym Yeah. and, like, and I got there and I was dying and I was like, all right, well that's what I did last week. So that's giddy the up dude, it's time, you know? Um, and every time I'm like, I don't want to turn this corner, but I will. Like, and the, that's the major difference between individuals that are willing to go to that level the ones that truly get lean the goal for us as coaches should be to try and mitigate as much as the negativity as possible so that you can still pour yourself into those yeah. because all of the outlandish shit is not necessary like I've seen people doing 40,000 steps on very low calories wow. the reality is, is they're not actually doing 40,000 steps on very yeah. low calories yeah. though because if they were, they'd be fucking peeled. Yeah, yeah of course. You know, like yeah. I've heard of a 120 kilo dude claiming he eats 3,000 calories a day doing two to three uh, cardio sessions and weight training. Yeah.
2: No. Probably just not tracking.
1: Things. You were maybe three days a week. Yeah. Like, because I know the maths on that. Like, I know that uh, an individual like myself or anyone that has a reasonable amount of muscle, especially if they're using any performance enhancing stuff, is that on the lowest possible calories that will go on a low day would be around about 22 to 25 times body weight, I know that a refeed can be pushed in at the similar rate at like three to four days a week, usually two, at anywhere from thirty-five to like forty-two times body weight. If you do that, hit somewhere between ten thousand and fifteen thousand steps, depending on what your general activity is. Train five days a week. A week, you just need to wait. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Like, it sounds ridiculous, but it's that simple. Yeah, and like I know these numbers because I've looked at them all the time. Every person that I look at, I'm like, oh, this person's getting lean. Surprise, surprise. Low days around twenty two to twenty five times, high days around thirty five times body weight. We've got very smart individuals in this world like La McDonald that have pulled all of the data for years and years and years, put it into clients and recognise these numbers are pretty much right. And then if they're not so far outside the bell curve in activity, that's what it will be. Yeah. Um, the rest of it is really just about managing fatigue. Yeah. Because if you can yeah. manage that, then you can still pour your heart into weight training and all the rest of it. So I'm curious.
0: You're obviously very invested, like you said, in either volume, so like sets per Mm -hmm. week or weight shifted or tonnage. Um, Getting into the depths of prep, it sounds like you had a, I'm going to just do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, If performance starts to slide, are we looking at reducing training volume or intensity to maintain strength or like how are you shuffling around if we do see a decrease in performance?
1: Yeah, I'll essentially just shift the goalpost of that particular session's uh, intention. So if we start to see absolute strength start to regress, and they can't maintain the same effort and output or relative RP for the same amount of weight across those course of sets and reps, then we'll either just get them to reduce the intensity small percentage and add in an additional set to offset that with some more volume, yep. or it will be um, just try and maintain the effort for this particular exercise, and then the rest of it will just accrue some additional sort of work. Yeah. But um, the weight training is really about maintaining the stimulus. You don't actually like a lot of people miss. I think understand the caloric demands of weight training as well. It's yeah. not that high. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. low. You don't really burn that many calories. So really, what we're trying to do is maintain the stimulus. Um, but yeah, I'll shift between higher intensity versus lower volume and vice versa. Um, I like a concurrent approach in in the week, especially for natties where they have two sessions at least a week that are dedicated to pretty much just strength strength training. Yep. Yep. Very low volume, large amounts of rest, just try and get the work done. Yep. And then the other sessions will be more about accruing general volume, burning yep. through some fuel, yep. just just loading muscles, recovery is good. Yes. Yeah, a little bit of metabolic stuff at the end. Um, but I, I've only ever taken some, like a couple of people to six days a week yep. to try and do that too. Like where the sessions get a bit long. Yep. I don't really like a session to go longer than an hour and a half. I just think it's a waste of time. You can't really be giving full effort for longer than that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a all time. London, yeah, like you're yeah. just starting to just do shit that's going to, again, create more fatigue, yeah. minimize recovery time, and then it starts to get worse yeah. and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, and even my cardio parameters are all based around that too. Look, like, if we're going to do cardio to burn calories, it needs to be done in a manner that doesn't impact weight training. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, not, it's uh, a different system. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I'll very, if I'm just getting a caloric burn each week, so like, if we're, say, going to add in more refeeds than what I wanted to for a week because I'm trying to reduce fatigue, then it might be on the low days when I'm not necessarily trying to reduce fatigue that I might generate uh, an offset of the increase in calories that week to try and keep it relatively close by just giving them a caloric burn on cardio. Yeah. And it will be done on a cross trainer or a recliner bike so that there's no eccentric loading, yeah. there's no fatigue, there's no breakdown. It's just literally just churning the wheels, get the shit done and get out. You know. um, but I do like to... Um, one thing I think this is like, a lot of people fuck up in the industry in regards to cardio is putting too great of importance on its necessity for yeah. fat loss yeah. and not understanding how to utilize it as a tool. Yeah. Um, the perfect example of bodybuilding is the assumption that the Stairmaster is better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I joke around all the time on inclined treadmill People holding on. <laughs> yeah. Like cause you're not doing incline treadmill, no. right? Like you're just it's like really, getting pulled with your dog for going for Yeah, it's fucking yeah. my, my god. Like you think about the shit that people do. But like they're on the Stammaster too and they'll do forty five minutes to an hour but they're just literally like Yeah, one yeah. And I'm like, that's and they're holding on. I'm like, you're not walking upstairs anymore, really. And the caloric burn is tiny, but the time yeah. spent is huge. It means you slept less. It's likely boring, so now you've got like emotional stress coming into play. Yeah like all of these stresses that people don't really recognize that sort of subjective non-controllable stuff that relationships work money troubles and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. that impacts people way more than they give it credit yeah yeah. So, a lot of people aren't aware of it
2: and you say like I've been guilty of it sometimes where I'm like oh I just say oh you're just stressed mm. and they're like oh no I'm not yeah. and I'm like, no. I mean, like I've i obviously got to reframe that but yeah. like when you talk about it by definition it's like mm. you're not sleeping properly yeah. you don't eat well yep. like you're probably training too much like that's still the definition of stress, but they're just like, oh, but I don't, I don't feel it. Yeah. Like, cause I, it's still there. Yeah.
1: Because that's actually the mechanism by which the body works to keep them going forward, exactly. right? <laughs> drive up more CNS, drive yeah. up more sympathetic action so that they feel like they can survive. Yeah. And then the moment you take the pedal off, they crash and burn, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I'll, I'll pick cardio and putting cardio parameters based on the individual's ability to commit time, yeah. uh, ability to commit a certain amount of effort, um, Enjoyment, yeah. Do you even like it? Um, Or I'll give uh, a lot of my clients now will have the opportunity to do either or. Yeah. So I'll allocate a caloric burn relative to a certain amount of steps. Yeah. uh, Based on the size of them and and a rough guesstimate as to how many calories we think they would burn over a thousand steps, Um, and it's like, hey, like I understand life gets in the way. If you've only done nine thousand steps, add in X amount of calories per thousand steps that you miss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it also allows us to um, manipulate the output in a way that they don't ever become efficient at doing the same shit all the time. Yeah, so it's progressive in some way, shape. Yeah. Or at least varied. Yeah. Because yeah. the yeah. same thing. Like, you all see these guys from Girls, right? They get on the treadmill Monday morning, Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. They do 45 minutes. They walk at three kilometers an hour. Yeah. And they do it for 20 weeks. Yeah. Like, by week, three. Yeah. yeah you're doing fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I was curious about
0: that, too. Like, you talking about, like allocating calorie burn to time and that mm. kind of stuff, is there, uh, we were actually talking about the watches recently, yeah, you know, like how it tells you how many calories you've burned and stuff. You now that's not going to be accurate. And yep. you, um, so are you allowing for, you, you're going to become more efficient at steps or at mm-hmm. the elliptical or whatever it is over a period of time, which means your calorie output is thus going to be less.
1: Yeah, well, we would assume that they're going to use less fuel per minute of work if they repeat the same bout at the same intensity for the same time Yeah. because of exercise efficiency, Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I tend to go like a two weeks on. It's about the time frame that you start to see efficiency change, that sort of 10 to 14 days of repeat bout stuff. So I like to go like two weeks of recliner bike at... They have to... It's the same thing. So everything in mine is like I am trying to take out as many variables as possible. So... Yeah. Same bike, put your weight parameters in, put the resistance to the same, run at a relatively similar RPM, and it's just gonna be a caloric both time. Yeah, yep. do that for two weeks, take that out, add an X amount of steps, yep. if we want to. So I'm kind of periodizing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> do <you? not> really. <laughs> um or it'll be swapped back to the cross trainer. Yeah. Now there's gonna be error. Yeah, of course. But the error isn't significant enough, enough to impact the whole system. We're also controlling weight training. We're also controlling tonnage, yeah. effort, calories, protein, carbs, fats. Yeah. Like everything's so well controlled that yeah. those little like sort of shifts, they don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like it would if you just did, like you said,
0: mm. fifteen minutes or twenty minutes of walking at the same pace for twenty weeks. It's like yeah, that's now just neutral.
1: Yeah, yeah. and like why walk on a treadmill? I hate I hate treadmill walking. I think it's retarded biomechanically. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, you're not made to do that. The coric yeah. burn's not the same. Another one. Get outside and see the fucking birds. Like, yeah. you know, like it's actually quite a nice place out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, do whatever you can there. But then obviously that comes at a time constraint too, because walking takes, yeah, time. takes time. Yeah. You know, it's like ten minutes for a thousand steps if you crank out at a fairly decent rate. Yeah. Um, so I know then too. Like, if I was to be one of those assholes that are going to periodize steps, I'll periodize them up to a point of maybe fifteen thousand. Yeah. Because I know that the time demands for that is, is pretty yeah, solid, yeah. Um, and I also know that the overreaching fatigue over time is fairly solid too. Unless that person started there, like I have some clients that do twenty five thousand steps, but it's because that's their work, their yeah, job, and yeah. those people
2: I don't touch their steps. So do you trend? So you, do you set the steps based off what their base their base is? So if they uh, if they work a physical job or they deliver things by foot, yep. Yeah. Their needs average is 12, mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to accumulate them to 18 to 20, for example. Mm-hmm. Then someone like yourself who started at 8 mm-hmm. and you may have shifted up to maybe 12, yeah. 15.
1: If someone started at like 12 to 15, they generally will never get it more. Yeah, okay, so yeah. The only people I'm going to periodize it to is the people that start so low. That it would probably be considered unhealthy. So, yeah, yeah. Gen Pop clients minimum requirements are like seventy five hundred on average per day across the week. Some days yeah. you do five, some days you do ten. Average has to be seventy five hundred. For preppers, I think it's uh, positive to have the mindset to be active. Yeah. Mm. Not just the steps. I don't really care about the caloric burn, but It's again the activity aspect, like getting them up, getting them moving. Don't be a sloth. Yeah. I think twelve thousand is pretty like nice. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really really neutral. Fifteen thousand is getting up there. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, but I'll never ever push it higher. Really all I care about is like, when someone comes on board, there's a few things you want to do. We want to regulate, I uh, regulate food to the T, same food, same diet, same timing, same everything, 14 days. Have a look at how I expect you to perform metabolically, then make some educated decisions on how well we're done with that calorie and macronutrient balance. Um, don't count, I don't count steps or ask them to do anything, I just ask them to, to note yeah, them down. Record or, it. Um, I actively tell them not to do more because everybody does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> they have, to, you know, I have exactly. to show that they're better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then we start to track some subjective things like uh, how they would rate their mood every day, how they would rate their energy, and then we have some objective things like how many hours of sleep they take. Yeah. And then over the course, we start to essentially build a passport, right? Yeah. A profile of this individual, how many steps they normally do. And if they're really, really low, then I'll say, hey, just move your steps to 10,000. That's your steps done. Yeah. Yeah. and then I'm going to start to regulate everything else because really all steps are designed to do is to regulate and control things like adaptive thermogenesis so that we're not going to have any offset caloric expenditure yeah. changes that we haven't accounted for yeah. Yeah. Um, which is what I think most people probably fuck up the most in prep mm-hmm. is I actually had a consult with a client yesterday and her thought process was I'm doing prep, I live 45 minutes from the gym I have an active job over time, I'm going to get tired. I need to make this more efficient. She moved closer to the gym, oh, wow. and she Whoa. changed her job to be in the office for the last four weeks so she could commit to prep. And I'm like, that sounds like a really logical way to approach this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> You've just made everything easier, yeah, right? And she's just like light bulb, like holy shit. Yeah. Like she was actually a, a sound engineer, so she was like a lot of movement. A lot of, like, yeah. picking up speakers, doing a hit, mm-hmm. but she stopped doing that. Yeah. So, like, her last four weeks with the person that she was working with prior is likely very different to the mm-hmm. four weeks prior to that. Yeah. And that's when you always see that, hey, my weight stalled. Yeah. Like, why? There's nothing it's else that's changed. Day, no. Well, yeah, it actually has. Yeah. You know? You've heard stories um, of
2: guys taking, like, the last month off prep. To, they do it all the time. Because they want to give it everything, Yeah. But then they're not working yeah. And then, yeah. like, so they're not moving the way they want to move. It's crazy, like yeah. that, that's missed. It's a
1: variable that's missed. Yeah, so I'd say, like, if, if you truly want to get lean, if you're not measuring the, act, the aspects that control your output, control your input, and you legitimately eat what you're supposed to, um, and you put in effort in the gym, it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. But everybody doesn't give themselves enough time to. Yeah. So, from a number, as I was always like a bit of application for everyone. If you're a guy and you want to get to five percent, you're fifteen percent. You have got ten percent to lose. We know you can lose probably about half a percent per week on a really good, you know, time frame. So you then just double that out, right? Yeah. So you've got twenty weeks that you need to do that. But there's going to be mistakes. Yeah. There's going to be life. There's going to be shit that gets in the yeah. way. Add at least an additional four. Yeah. So if you're not doing at least a twenty-four week prep at fifteen percent body fat, which isn't actually that high, mm. you're yeah. probably not going to get proper lean. Yeah. And the last six weeks will be the slowest progressions, but will achieve the greatest look. Yeah. Yeah. So you really need to be kind of your one week out, six weeks out. Yeah. And then the other beauty about doing this is you allow yourself, and again, like I said before, my main goal as a coach is to mitigate total systemic fatigue so they can keep pushing in performance, is to take that sixteen weeks of fat loss, expand it out to twenty weeks of fat loss because I know they're gonna be mistakes, and then expand it out further so I can now allocate appropriate breaks. Yeah. yeah, I was going to go Throughout to that. that prep. Yeah. You know, whether it's weekly breaks of high calories for multiple days or lower, and then every couple of weeks we have a few few days off, or three or five or seven, or whatever it may be, um, then you need to both preemptively plan that, but also reactively do yeah, it if exactly. you need to. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, like, one really difficult thing that I found was adhering to my rules of that. Um, because, like everybody, you're like, no, nah, no, no, I can't eat more food. I need, and, like, Liz, yeah. to her credit, was like, dude, like you keep telling me every day how fucked you are. Yeah. You yeah. keep telling me like, even my digestion actually played up, you know? you like a light bulb moment now, I'm thinking about yeah. it again, I was like to, I think I even remember saying, uh, I may have even spoken to Luke and just went, dude, no matter what I eat right now, my stomach is just rank. And I was like, ah, I'm not recovering, I need that, yeah. fuck, I need to have a break. Yeah. So I pulled back and I, I allocated a seven day diet break. I got to three and I felt fantastic and I was like, that's all I need. Yeah. And yeah. then I told Liz, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna keep going, she's like, you'll be back to square one in two days like what's two days of extra calories Yeah. and because I'm so regimented in getting that in like it's nothing Yeah. but for the average person who's still also eating off diet then obviously the compounding impact of constantly eating above is going to have an impact on your ability to get lean but um, I really like uh, and Alan our coach is exceptionally good at getting his athletes to commit diet break commit diet break yeah Yeah. so do you do you find based off your experience it's better
2: to let them know when it's happening and just let them know that that's a, that could be a moving goalpost. Could be is definitely a good answer. Yeah, because yeah. I've, I've used it and I've extended it out mm-hmm. and I'm just like, look, like I've told you that this was not gonna happen if we didn't get here. Yep. We need another week. Yep. Um, but because like, they knew it was coming, they were like, I can, and I'm like, can you give me one more week? Yep. And they do it, but I, I kind of find if I just go, hey, do this and you'll get a diet break, but we don't kind of structure it in there. Like they can kind of look at their, yep. Um, Checking and sheet, and I'll put where the diet breaks could be. Yep. Um, but if I don't put it in there, they just uh, I feel like their compliance isn't as good. Yeah. Correct. They'll find their own. Yeah. yeah. Everybody
1: yeah. knows their body better than you. Yeah. Yeah. And they tell you they <laughs> yeah. they feel like yeah. they need a diet break this week. Yeah. 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 No, so, knowing your body yeah. is about as smart as intuitively. Yeah. Like, fuck intuition. Intuition tells you to eat pizza. <laughs> I fucking hate that term. Yeah. Like, you can be mindful about your nutrition, yeah. but you can only be mindful also once you become educated on what nutrition is. Yeah. yeah. So, like, people are just, yeah, there's some, like, obviously, some. it's a bit semantics, but um, I'm a big advocate of starting a prep fairly harshly for fat loss. Yeah. With the notion of get them into fat loss as efficiently and as effectively as possible. Psychologically, they're going to see some change that's fantastic for compliance. Yeah, There's nothing worse than starting a deficit low yeah. and then getting no shift, yeah. or they're still maybe snacking a bit. Yeah. So now the deficit was low, now it's fuck yeah, And they see no change. They tell you to shoot your job and then they continue to eat normal. And then you're like six weeks of you just spun wheels, like fuck, I just wasted six weeks. Now my 26 week prep is actually become a 20 again. Yeah. So I'm really big now on getting my, my crew and saying, boy, you had 24 weeks, we're going ham. I'm going to bottom you out at like 20 to 25, probably 25 times. I've never gone 20. 25 times body weight in calories, it's going to suck. You've got at least three weeks there. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'm going to refeed you probably one to two days. Then we're going to go back to the low. Yeah. And then we're going to keep doing that to a point where I start to see that you're at a sufficient body fat level. And then I'm going to allocate those two-day refeeds every day. So the 25 times is really, really harsh to begin with. Yeah. And like one of my clients at the moment, Ella, I knew that she posted up her calories and i was like i can just tell you're going to get hammered with why are you so low so she's 65 kilos and she was on like 15 50 calories from 24 weeks out yeah and people will freak exactly. right yeah. it's 25 times body weight it's still actually not that low when you look at the math it's 65 kilos yeah, yeah like you know amazing. um but now yeah. when we put the now what it allows me to do is like in four weeks time when i add that refeed or two day refeed back and she's still now averaging 70 to 50 calories so she's cloaked at 27 times yeah. body weight She's in a really nice little fat loss phase now. She's already lost three kilos. She's positive. She's psychologically really keen. And then as time progresses, I start to feed them more and more and more and more and more. Theoretically, calories over the week don't really change. Yeah. But they start to see like these high days. And then before you know it, you only have to diet for four days a week. Yeah. You know, it's fucking easy. So you mentioned,
0: so you're basically doing that from the start and you're introducing refeed. So
1: is that for only applicable for assisted athletes, or will that work for not all as well? I actually find it less effective, well not less effective, less necessary for assisted yeah. athletes. It's Especially if assisted athletes are using any like uh, TRT, I shouldn't say TRT, HRT related thyroid medication, right? Yeah. If they're just using baseline HRT levels of that, yeah. then they're not actually theoretically even experiencing adaptive thermogenesis. Yeah, yeah, so really the, only, the refeed really is only in there for fueling performance and psychological health.
0: So the method of like a tapered diet over, so like you said, the, the, the um, female client posts that she's on 1500 calories 24 weeks out, mm. it's like, fuck, where have you got to move from there? Yeah, you we know um, able to move, you're giving her more food. Staying with you and the refeed, that's interesting.
1: So it literally it would be like, yeah, 24 weeks out, harsh low, three weeks, refeed, harsh low, three weeks, refeed, get to about the 16 week out mark, introduce one day or two day refeeds every week, Yeah. then, Usually around that 12 week mark, we should be at double day refeeds. Somewhere in there, I'd ideally like to have at least five days off dieting. It may be like after the second batch or the uh, the third batch of two to three week blocks of really low, that we go five days high. And it's like, this is your five days. You're gonna feel great. We're gonna refuel you. You've got 16 weeks to go after this. Appreciate it. Then it's like, flick the switch again. So like, I know I can get mental commitment out of somebody for three weeks and then a couple days. Six weeks now, I'm starting to get pretty fatigued because I'm at the back end of my program. My program's becoming very fucking difficult. I give them five days to finish the program and then into the deload to help reduce fatigue and recovery again. Well, not reduce recovery, but increase recovery. And then it's back in and it's like five days low, two days high. Yeah. And then they keep going like that. The only thing that really gets manipulated is either the output or the five lows go low. Yeah. And the harshness of going high on multiple days per week is that the lows go low. Yeah. But the average low is still okay, right? Um, and then as time again, maybe we get another diet breaking, hopefully around that sort of 10 week out mark, and then it's like, cool. Now's when the fun begins. Like you have nine weeks, but you're gonna diet for four days, and yeah. you're gonna refeed for three. Yeah. So you're just gonna commit to four days. Yeah. Yeah. And like usually after the second day of refeed, you feel pretty good, don't really feel like you need the third, but you have it anyway. Then the first day of dieting's average, because mm. it's a real rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you kind of get into hyper overdrive like we are talking about before, yeah. I'm not stressed. Well, yeah, you are, but you're gonna get this big surge of sympathetic action, and you're gonna feel good. And then at the back end of it, you balls out, like you're yeah. like, oh, holy shit, I can't do this any longer. And, and then you refeed, and it's, and it's, it's like, like it's fuck, it's that's like, all right. Like Every day, it's like sort of, like, oh, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it, ah, refeed. And then it's the it same again. Like and that. then I work them in, and the beauty of this too is we get data every week. How do you look after one day of carbs, two days of carbs, three days of carbs, yeah. one day after three days of carbs, two days after three days of carbs. And so for, the nat- for our natty guys and girls, they'll generally get that approach pretty much through, so was there they're compliant. Um, for me, I pretty much did five and two. I didn't do four yeah. and three. Um, I didn't really wanna have to take my four days lower and I can handle five days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also meant I could take my two days higher, ah, yeah, which yeah. I really liked. So I thought of my, head, my um, food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like I'm a cereal guy, yeah. so yeah, you know, yeah. like cereals, is percent carbs. It's, yeah. it's you don't get a lot of it when yeah. you're that hungry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so I really that's essentially the you know the sequence of a prep laid out, and you, you can actually probably like I I plan at least a few weeks in ahead, the yeah. and then like you so said, auto regulate based on performance and feedback. So <laughs> yeah,
2: does that does that body weight times um, you know, number, yep. yep. their calories, does that change weekly based off their body weight? Or is it like, this is what I set for a month, yeah. and then, you know, <clears throat> what's happened at your body weight at this time, then
1: we set it again? I don't go back to, like, so when I start the process, there's always the process of the, the, the beginning, creating the caloric requirements for that individual yep. is ballpark. Feedback plus ballpark then gives me estimated guesstimation. Yeah, yeah. And then it's always just based off each week's feedback. You know? yeah, yeah. So then it's like, ah, oh, they're losing good. They're not losing the good. But whenever I've gone back and done the maths on the entire prep, generally what I find is the low days keep going down. And then because the weight is also going down, mm. they actually follow each other. So by the time you get to the end of it, the maximum I've actually seen in most of my clients, if I look at average calories across the week, divided by seven to get average daily calories, ending weight position mm. expected TDE for that total daily energy expenditure it's usually maximum 10 to 15% out that's incredible yeah, yeah. it doesn't actually shift much yeah. every time I've done it I'm like yep. yeah and that's like that's with girls that have got so lean that there's a point in time where they've actually lost their cycle yeah, yeah. which means their energy availability is fucked yeah. yeah but like we're talking like I've had some physique girls and some uh, nanny fitness girls that get lean. Um and they end up around that um, but generally speaking, it just sort of works itself out. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, actually so really the, the The foresight's there, and then the hindsight, and you know, yeah. when you recap it yeah. is really cool. It's good to see it it on that in actual application. Um, yeah. And it's almost every time I think someone beat the system, I think I even said this on the last time we caught up, like when I then relook at it, I'm like, yeah, you yeah, don't beat the system, you just cheated. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I feel like some people might think that's a cop out of the coach, and there's definitely a point as a coach, you have to learn how to adapt to your athlete. And I think that's where I probably succeed the most in my ability to get somebody lean and try and get people uh, to where I expect them to be is being able to take the pieces of the puzzle. But there's plenty of people out there smarter than me. Fuck loads of them, there's heaps of them. Physiology-wise, biochem, there's so many of them, right? But I can see and like sift through the bullshit Mm. and like really call someone out on whether or not I think they're telling me the truth. it's being a coach well.
0: not being smart like yeah, you yeah. have to be able to understand the individual the person hmm. what their habits might be hmm. psychology is going to be like at that point yep. interpreting that data not just like what's in the spreadsheet
1: right 100% like one of the and now in saying all of that like you can't have simplicity without complexity first hmm. right you have to understand the complex before you can provide it in simple terms but also even make this seem simple like I sit here and I'm like oh yeah it's 24 weeks this yeah. is going to be that that's yeah. that and that's it, that's the framework, but it's how you marry it all together that's yeah. really the skill. But I mean, if I think if anyone came to me and gives me the opportunity that has true commitment to the process, I'd get anybody yeah. to get lean, yeah. if they're willing. Yeah. Um, but they'll also do it in a manner that actually doesn't seem that hard. Because I didn't really yeah. find prep difficult. I was just physically fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I didn't think it was that hard. Like, yeah. I was hungry, Yeah. Cool. It's tired, cool, that's all part of the game. Yeah. But I kind of like thrive in the element of that I can do it and you can't. Yeah. Um spoke about this. That's that's a real winner. That's 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 the part that you can't teach. No, I agree. You know? Um and I I think like one of my other big things is I always say this, even it's actually kind of not true, but it is in it's not true I think in uh in theoretical knowledge, but it's true in actual practicality or application, and that is that effort precedes everything. Because we see terrible, terrible, terrible protocols achieving exceptional yeah. results yeah. because the effort of the individual is exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but married effort and exceptional programming, all the rest of You create some yeah. seriously bullshit. I okay. agree. Yeah. Hard yeah. works
0: beat talent until talent works hard. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's the same it's, uh, right?
1: it, it's actually really fucking cool to see.
0: Yeah. Mm. So it's potentially just a little bit of confirmation bias for myself. <laughs> um, but we've toyed with a linear method like over 12 weeks. So it's like, mm-hmm. how much food can you eat before you get fat? Mm-hmm. And then um, I've actually recently used a, a set percentage drop yep. a week. It's like, I'm happy you, for you to get to this at the end of prep. Yep. Um, like prep, it's just a, um, it's like yep. half modeling, half bikini, kind of 15% and then that you're going to get marked down. Mm-hmm. something. Sort of So it's like just drop, 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 drop. And then I noticed like we're two weeks out now and over the last month it's like, okay, your energy's starting to drop. Mm -hmm. Your um, measurements aren't starting to shift, which in my mind I'm like, maybe you're not 100% adherent. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a refeed to boost fat loss, but it's like you just need to relax a little bit and then hopefully we'll, we'll see that go through. Do you still see that linear method as a valid
1: Approach so, or... like a preconceived drop of calories in a linear fashion over the course of a time frame, yes, which like, the um, result. yeah. Y- you might uh, get baseline yep. calories maintenance at like 2400, yeah, and each week you Mine's drop it like two percent, yeah. Um, we've done exactly that, yes, yeah. So maybe I have the same bias, but yep. no, we have like so. Like, uh, at Flex, we're not proponents of challenges, yeah, yeah, in the standardized approach because yep. it's just. His calories everyone suffer, you win because you lost lots it's of weight. Like a 60% deficit, and see if you survive. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not even a 60% deficit, it's a I think it's a deficit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no number that's <laughs> actually attributed to that, it's yeah. just a yeah. fucking guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just don't eat because basically. of that, we've gone to gyms now that have done them prior yeah, and yeah. said, let us educate, then let us provide tools. Yeah, so educate for a day with a seminar provide them with a macronutrient distribution that starts in week one yeah. and it escalates down. I shouldn't say escalates down, but it linearly goes down. Yeah. Um, and every time they've had better results. Yeah. But the biggest thing is that the people are like, this isn't even that hard.
0: Yeah, I've only had complaints in the last three weeks. Yeah. It's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you're only hungry now. Like, yeah. that, and that's been my answer. like even beforehand when we were trying to like sit at maintenance for a period of time where it's like, oh, I'm like, can we diet? Yeah, I feel mm. fluffy. Well, I was like, Trust me, yeah. thank me in 10 weeks when you're just start to get
1: yeah. yeah, we start out, we literally do that. It's like we would give someone, in, in those approaches, it's week one is expected TEE, yeah. maintenance calories. One, just to set them up so they're like, okay, I can do this, it's all right. Yeah. Secondly, most of the people that are going into these challenges are fucking so sideways on yo-yo dieting, so it's a nice way for us to yeah. diet break them pre, pre-dieting. Yeah. And then yeah, it's a big, big percentage cut. Mm follow them in and then we pretty much actually do similar to what I said before. We then allocate refeeds that they yeah. take every two weeks yeah. at a relative percentage and then they just yeah you just see them taper down mm-hmm. and then there's rules, you know, like if losing greater than X, keep yeah. calories the same. Yeah. If not losing, go to the next yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: so what would you see at the differences between that method, yep. which sounds like you're leaning more towards uh, moving away from the word gen pop, yep. just because people misinterpret what I mean, but gen pop kind of Mm -hmm. Jim Goer wants to get in shape versus getting disc and lean. We've got a more articulate approach maybe with dropping lower then introducing refeeds at a later date. What are the differences in outcome? Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And maybe like psychology and stuff as well that you've noticed. I think it's just that the negative aspects of dieting that people start to experience when they're trying to take themselves from being otherwise unhealthy, Mm. air quotes for people who are watching. (laughs) Um, Um, What what is it? The ear ear people? The ear people, the people that are just in there wearing your ears and not uh, at your eyes, (laughs) Um, is that the exacerbation gets greater with more fat loss. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to be hungry to lose weight. Yeah. Hey, someone else <laughs> said it about me. Yeah. It right. yeah. kind of blows Finally. my mind. Oh right? yeah, man, blows um, my mind too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another quick harsh reality, just in case you haven't realised it, even though it's very logical. If it takes X calories to get to X body weight, you can't eat the same calories you used to. Yeah. Because if you do, you'll go back. You'll be to X body weight plus original. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, the level of compliance starts to waver as the diet continues both because of psychological impacts of hunger, fatigue, and just the want to eat. Yeah. Your body's driving you to eat, man. It doesn't want it to starve. That's fine. But just understand it's momentary and that you probably don't even actually understand what hunger is. Yeah. You're just bored. Yeah. Um, or you've got a little bit of normal hunger, and that's fine, fine. too. Yeah. Um, but it's the end part is the management of the mindset of the person to commit to kind of being unhappy with how they feel. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't, like, the end part of prep really isn't... Uh, integrated with life but rather you kind of have to flip it which is the part that I hate and that you then need to integrate your life into prep and not prep into your life because there's just a point in time where you still have to maintain all of this output even though you feel shit you still have to have a job Um, but like I'll say undeniably like the last eight weeks of my prep at least uh, because I got there early as well and then it was really about trying to just make it to the end um, business for us either stayed stagnant or Liz took on shitloads more yeah, yeah. Um, she asked me to clean the gutters one day. I went, yeah, no problems. In seven weeks. Yeah, and that's not even a joke. I was yeah. just like, I can't see myself wanting to get up that ladder. Yeah, too yeah. long. dangerous in. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to get up halfway. Like so that. that's the difference. Is yeah. Now life is starting to be truly impacted at the end. So it's like, how can I try and mitigate as many of those factors to get the person to the level in which we want them to. Um, and that's, I think, why most people fail at that point. Like, there's so many good-looking six-week-out bodybuilders on stage. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, it's not water. It's fat. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. yeah you pick week protocol
2: and go fix that eh? Yeah. No, like man, I, I think the fact it's... that you
0: can be watery probably suggests you're not lean enough anyway, right?
1: Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like, I used supplements that otherwise people consider to be water-intensive. Yeah. yeah. The back end of my prep. Right. Yeah. like pe- things that people would never do yeah. because again like, and this is, comes down to like utilising what you know complexity to make it actually quite simple at the back end of PrEP pram- you are glycogen depleted mm-hmm. energy depleted hungry as a motherfucker yeah. and you get weaker yeah. Right? there's particular things that you can use that other people usually use in that off season that make you stronger
2: yeah.
1: fill your muscles back up with glycogen and creatine phosphate you Generally, get a downturn in appetite because of the the drug as well, and everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't use those because they make you watery. Again, yeah. ear quotes, uh, air quotes for the for the ear, ear listeners. Um, but the reality is, like, when you're that lean, yeah, you can't be watery. Yeah, um, and the other one too, I think, like, if if someone's not being coached by us but being coached by somebody else, and they think they can pull the wool over their eyes even the world's largest carbohydrate refeed won't make you hold water or look like shit or gain a lot of weight a cheat with a bunch of fat and salt will yeah um i've seen alan i've spoken to alan our coach who did a three-day 1000 carb refeed after comp as a natty just to see yeah like he was leaning gained a kilo wow and he's 80 kilos yeah you know I did 1,400 grams in six hours to see what that did for a refeed. I was bloated, distended, felt like yeah, shit. Yeah, I could fit all right? that food in. Terrible. Yeah, was like, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and I tried to do it as little fat as possible because I know that it's going to mitigate some negatives, right? Yeah. And because of that, like, palate fatigue was huge because I just eat sweet things, like... Yeah. A lot of rice and condensed milk and yeah. and cereal. Like, we went to a food market and I was walking around with a box of uh, Lawrence Cocoa Bumps. <laughs> um And, like... I gained 100 grams. Every client that I give high carb, low fat, moderate protein to on a refeed, they don't shift in body weight. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the individuals who are like, ah, oh, I, I went for this load. And say, yeah, because you don't understand how physiology works. There's no necessity for you to have fats yes, in that. Yeah, yeah. And fats turn into fat. Yeah, so if you want to eat in a surplus, mitigate as much fat gain as you possibly can by banking your calories and the things that matter the most. Yeah. Carbohydrates, protein. Yeah. And what are fats going to do for you long-term anyway? Like, I think people like really overstate the importance of fats. Like, the necessity for um, essential fatty acids to maintain health are so fucking small. Yeah, um, I'll take fats down to individuals. Like, for, again, from an application point of view, protein for most guys I like to start at two grams per kilogram. Throughout prep, I'll move up three grams per kilogram. If they get really hungry, they might get three and a half. Yeah, you know, and uh, your, if they really like meat. Sorry to interrupt. But your body weight, not body you weight mass, body, body weight, mainly because like most of the preppers are gonna be within the normative body fat ranges. So yeah. if the guys, if you're in normative body fat ranges, go for the times body weight. If you're outside that over fat, then go for gold body weight. Yeah. It's easier than working out even lean body mass. So two grams, maybe escalate up to three grams, depending on energy demands and a few other things. Fats will sit at most one gram per kilogram, at least half a gram per kilogram, Yeah. right? Um, yeah. Um, for my preference, and this is even for the girls, I'll generally be around 0.7 to one, yeah. um, mainly because we see, because of some of their hormonal discrepancies compared to men is they don't burn through carbohydrates as much, they're just not as efficient utilizers, therefore they don't need as great refeeds, yeah. so we can kind of give them a bit more uh, fats, a little bit less carbs. I'm saying that I've still given girls three, 25 grams, two, three days a week, and they respond just fine. Um, and then carbohydrates are going to basically make up the difference. And the major difference I'll have across the course of the week is that as refeeds come in, fats go down, carbs yeah. go up. Um, and on normal days, I give them a little bit more fat with a little bit lower carbs because I don't mind if they become depleted. It's kind of the point of yeah, prep. Of course, yeah. um, and fats are a little bit more delicious. They're slightly more satiating potentially. And it's just nice to eat some different food sometimes. Yeah, um, food choices, right? So normally I'll only have two different days of, of calorie uh, distributions and macro distributions, but... For some individuals, I'll also do a third day, which is going to be like fairly low carbs but fairly high fat. But whenever they get high fat, it's always on calorie maintenance or deficit. I never give them. I never ever give surplus. high fat on surplus. Yeah, they just get fat. Yeah, yeah, there's no point. There's yeah. no need. There's no need. So, yeah. and I would do that occasionally too. Like once a week, I'd be like, you know what, I haven't eaten anything other than meat fat now for mm. like just literally fats that come from meat yeah. for weeks. So, I'm just going to have some peanut butter and some things that are a bit different. Yeah, it's like cool. That's my fix. And again, the beauty of understanding nutrition and being a bit flexible is when I have those moments, so I just integrate it into my prep. I don't cheat on my calories. I don't cheat yeah. on my macros. Yeah. And I still get to the back end of it peeled.
0: Yeah. You know? So my only other question is the refeed days, you prioritizing, because obviously your whole performance in a high stead, mm-hmm. you want those days that you train rather than off days? or like? Yes and no. Because there's also the argument like if you refeed on a rest day, you're going to be able to perform better the next day, etc.
1: Yeah. So, uh, to quote Broderick Chavez, I like his right tool, right job. Yeah. What job are we trying to achieve with the refeed, right? We're trying to replenish fuel, psychological break, yeah. potentially impact any metabolic downregulation that we're experiencing. To do the metabolic side of things, that means we're going to have to have the refeed at least two to three days. A yeah. 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 If that's what we're trying to achieve, if we're not trying to achieve that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, like, you might take, for example, a uh, an assisted person, and they might have three in a row. They might only have one, and then have two days of fat loss, and then one. My preference would still be to bank them because average stimulus over time is going to create that result. So, I'd rather see four days of fat loss in a row. That's a separate one. Um, refueling. So, psychological performance, carbohydrates on training days, probably a smart idea for most people. They just had this assumption that the carbohydrates they're eating now is what's going to drive performance. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I need carbs in my pre-workout meal. Sure you do. Like if yeah, that's what you that's think. that's what you, yeah. That's <laughs> what you do, bro. yeah if That's yeah. what your cognitive or confirmation bias is. Yeah. Um, or yeah, like are we trying to refill? And what else are we trying to do? Reduce total systemic fatigue and stress. Yeah. The only way we can do that is to pull exercise down, drive calories up, specifically carbohydrates are going to be the most uh, anti-stressing of the macronutrients. So I like one-on-one. Yeah. So usually for me, it's like start the refeed on a Friday, finish it on a Sunday, Friday, Saturday, are the last two training sessions, I'm going to struggle the most, Yeah, got to I'm... really dry food in there, great idea. Sunday, kick back, couch, lower steps, eat food,
2: yeah. chill the fuck yeah, out, let it do its thing, let it do
1: its thing. and then uh, come around Monday, back into the deficit, yep. grind it out, dude. Yeah, make it to the end of the, the tunnel, survive, and hopefully survive <laughs> till Friday. <laughs> um, but like Alan, my coach, uh, he likes he likes doing them mainly on high days. He actually likes mainly doing them on strength days. So yeah. the day that he actually yeah, theoretically yeah. burns through the At least amount, the amount the of the glycogen, yeah.
2: he
0: drives carbohydrates. Yeah, I was actually speaking to um, Luke Talek about that recently. Yeah, and he was suggesting that it's perhaps a dopamine related thing for performance. A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It makes perfect sense. Like I have slowly over time, and I don't actually like to try and tell people, nah, like I think, like you say, like you can get paralysis by analysis if you've got too much information, yeah. or individuals that know too much, they make things too complex and it's too hard. I think it's almost the same in the coach. Mm-hmm. So like I've definitely been problematic in that, you know, you come to me and you're like, hey man, I'm having carbs pre-work, and I'm like, why? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, because they make me feel better. I'm like, you know it does nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, fuck. And like I just killed his buzz or killed his train yeah. yeah. For yeah, what benefit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for me to basically let away my dick and smart. Yeah, Look same. how big and smart oh, I am, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. it's not through me trying to be a dick, it's no. just I'm like yeah. just I'm cool. a rescuer by by Personality trait, and the, ah, I, I know some shit, man. Can I tell you? Like, yeah. can I help you out? And they're like, No, I never asked for your opinion. <laughs> and then you're like, Go no, back to a good Instagram. One. Story it's a good one, Exactly. Talk to myself, right? Talk to myself. that people. listen talk to the
2: forum, and you can And people will watch you. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So I think I've definitely been a person who's done that in the past incorrectly, and now it's I just do the the best question ever. Why? Yeah. Cool, man. Even uh, I had a guy today who was doing. Uh, on Instagram, a fella I know from Prep, he was doing flies, like uh, they always do them internal. Yeah. yeah. To external. external. Yeah. And I said, "Is there a reason why you do that?" He's like, "Oh, just someone showed me. That's the way I do it." Yeah. Oh, okay. Biomechanically, it makes sense to do it the other way. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, "Huh?" Yeah. Like, tell me more. Okay. So, like, instead of me just like shit canning his idea, I was yeah. just curious because actually was doing it with Regan Grimes, and like. Is a bodybuilder? He should theoretically know what he's talking about, or maybe he also just followed the guy beforehand. Yeah. Um, so, like, I didn't want to tell him it was wrong. I was rather interested to see if he was interested if there was another way. Mm. Yeah, uh, and probably, I think that why yeah, really is probably good to know why he was doing it as well. Anyway, because yeah, like, yeah, a fellow bodybuilder. Yeah, well, he actually said he felt like it put less stress on his anterior adults which is cool. Yeah. Um, again, like if you've got buy-in on the idea, mm. it's likely the best option. So. Yeah. I'll have some clients here that are like three days high, one day high, two days high, high fat, low fat, and they're always like, why? I feel like you're probably gonna be more compliant. That's the most boring answer, but it's the most truthful.
0: Yeah, and it all comes back to, like you said, that consistent effort applied over a long period of time. Yeah,
1: and the most efficient, the most consistent stimulus is what you will achieve. Yeah. So even like in off-season guys, I like to still have high and low days just to try and minimize the impact of someone like Will, who we're gonna have on later on, crazy, to get that guy to drive in the amount of food required seven days a week, yeah. that's not a fun thing to do. But I can probably get him to commit for five. Yeah, yeah. So I was giving two lower days. It means the five are higher, but yeah. it's kind of like cool. I've got five days of training for food, pretty much. Yeah, you know. Um, so,
0: um, if you don't mind spinning off into programming, Yep. Yeah. length variables they like not maybe specifics of the program itself,
1: but yeah. like how long are you running it for? That's probably become the most individual thing uh, over the years that I've coached people in the length of the program. Yeah. And it's mainly just determined by the psyche of that person. Yeah. Um, as a general rule, uh, over a five day workout, total working sets, so RPE somewhere between seven and 10, will be around about anywhere between 80 and 150. Yeah. Um, but it'll only be 150 if it's metabolic type stuff, yeah. like a giant set or a yeah. dry set stuff that actually isn't that demanding so it looks like an excessive amount of sets but it's really yeah, not that bad or like yeah like added rest pause, calf sets so like all of a sudden a, a workout that was normally 20 sets looks like it's 26 yeah. but it's five of that seclusion. I yeah. sent
0: Jason a, a programmer uh, a few weeks ago he sent back 28, 28 sets in the session, bro. Yeah. I was like, yeah, read it. Yeah, sets, yeah, man. It's yeah. easy. Yeah, like, so like it I says the power lift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. easy for my clients. <laughs> it's it's easy, easy on paper. Yeah. But um, For me, I would
1: die. Yeah, bottom. exactly. <laughs> um... So yeah, anywhere between 80 starting. I'm, if it's at 80, it's generally going to be escalated as like a set progression program, almost like the calories we talked about, where I'm just going to say, let's find the RPE, maintain the RPE, very Mikey's Retail-esque, yeah. drive sets up until the point where you can't perform anymore at the same relative intensity, then we're going to drop back and start again. I like, yeah. it. Um, I like it. Other times it's find the RPE. Like I have one individual, Lockie, who knows how to fuck himself up. Not many people do, Yeah. he does. Three weeks is all I can get out of him. And then I start to see him like, hey man, this is sore, this is regressing. Yeah. So he's a three week up now with low sets because his intensity is so good. Yeah. Um, I've had other guys like, yeah, they just can't back off too. So I almost have to change their program every six weeks because yeah. he won't even regress. Like, if you have got an older guy, Morrison, he just won't deload, man. Like, I'm like, go deload. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And he's like, fuck, it's so hard. I'm like, all right, so now I actually have to physically write his weights in. Because yeah. I don't program weights. Yeah. The actual weight, I program sets reps, they program their weight for week one relative to the RP they're trying to achieve, and then I get them to auto-regulate performance as time goes over, yep. uh, in that they're trying to drive whichever one they think they can achieve on. And then as they get to each end of their block, generally speaking, I'm gonna give them the parameters of, you're going into between one and two weeks of overreaching. In this overreaching phase, the last set of every exercise should hit volitional fatigue, mm-hmm. yeah. failure, mechanical failure, not assisted, um, and your tonnage should be increasing. Yeah. And it can increase by either an additional rep. Yeah. Increasing weight. Or if you can do neither, add that's one additional it. set. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and that's the way they control their fatigue component to that. Um, or maybe I'll be an arsehole and drop a rest pause yeah. at the back end. Yeah. Uh, I've actually probably programmed more of those recently than I have in the past. I fucking love them. Yeah, right. um, just an easy way to really drive everything so yeah uh, and i'm still do you find
0: idea. that um it shifts with how new the client is as well um something i've noticed is like when you first get someone they need longer on a program mm. to figure out how you program how you yep. want things done how to deal with absolutely. the load and all that kind of stuff And uh, then it's like, oh, now i'm i understand um like i'm on my third, second meso with Will. Yep. And it's like, I'm still figuring out what she is. Yep. So it gets the week, he likes three week mesos. I'm like, I need two more weeks, man. Yep. Like I only just figure this out. Mm-hmm. Let me go now. Like yeah. I want-
1: 100%. To... Massively. And it's twofold too. One, you're trying to figure it out. Secondly, we're going to see skill acquisition to increase strength. Yeah. Right? So like this, most people, there's at least like three weeks period where they're just getting better at the movement. Yeah, but yeah. Now yeah. they're truly in the Yeah, urban. you can actually see that. Yeah if I asked you guys the question, throw it back, if you said to somebody, reach an RPD nine, what number do you think they actually reach? Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Like a six, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If they're good, six five six probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I generally am like, hey, we're going to do this eight week program. By week four, I want you to be at your biggest, at your worst. Really, I don't care for week four. I'm expecting it to be at week six. And it's like, cool, now we're at week six. We're going to do two weeks of overreaching. Yeah. So like I kind of almost do the, plan out the refeed so they can yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah. And I try and preemptively get them to try harder in the beginning mm-hmm. because I know they're not going to be able to find that limit yet. Yeah. But week uh, client one, week one, almost always is an eight to 10-week program. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I even extrapolate that out to 12 weeks with a mini break somewhere. For clients that have been on board for a very long time, it's usually four to six. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a girl just this week and... I actually posted it on my Instagram and she nailed this week's training. Like, absolutely blew last week's out. And it was, hey, you got to overreach this week. Yep. Take it to your best. And it's almost like giving people an. AMRAP. The one that put like
0: a thousand kilos on her tone
1: just. Yeah, like... it was like twenty five percent or something, <laughs> yeah. right? And and I wrote in there like, does this make other people want to give this person an extra week? And she actually messaged me and said, I felt fucking amazing this week. I really want to do another week. When you read my feedback, you'll see I don't want to deload. Yeah. And it's because she had that enlightening moment. Like, holy crap. Yeah, I can still get a bit more out of this when yeah. I really think it's the last week. Like you know, yeah. I can do one more week of dieting because I know I've got a refeed. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we've actually extended it. Yeah. So she's now going to do a nine week program for her first one, mm-hmm. but likely next time, probably four or five. Yeah. You know, because she's going to know. She'll effort, know where yeah, it is. She like, just starts. You don't know what you don't know. Effort, yeah. But no it's one what knows like where the yardstick is until they truly fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then even then, there's always more. Mm. Like if anybody ever wants to see someone train, like like a fucking madman, Michael Hulsey, Mike Hulsey who beat me in the overalls at IFU Queensland's, that dude can just tolerate some work. Yeah. Like I'm not that easily impressed by work, but man, that dude can work. So like, I think like finding people within your gym that you can see and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, look, I don't really try that hard. Yeah. But then also not to the point too where you're just like busting your ass for the sake of busting your ass. It has to be, it's really easy to hurt yourself. Yeah it's mm. very hard to hurt yourself repetitively in the same program in a progressive manner over the course of time yeah um, which I think that's where like most people don't like programming because it's actually hard yeah. yeah and it's why I like it for prep too because mm. yeah, like, you know like you've had those sessions you go into it and you're like I don't really feel like a program today so you go training like oh yeah I'll do a drop set and then I'll do this and then I'll do this and like it hurts and you can really fuck yourself up but what did you achieve yeah you don't know so yeah. um, most people think they train hard they don't not truly hard they might be physically hard but mentally they have no idea what it is yeah. really it's funny it. the, the um,
0: less we mentioned the word like cerebral earlier it mm. tends to be the less cerebral guys tend to actually train harder yep because it's like there's so much noise about over training and overreaching and mm-hmm. all that stuff where it's like the guys that don't give a shit it's just like just go and fucking train bro just yeah. get more weight bro and it's like yeah,
1: but they're usually the ones that train the hardest. Yeah, 100%. It's the same, like most flexible dieters aren't willing to take calories down lower in the beginning, yeah, because yeah. they're so worried about metabolic damage. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. man, you can actually go pretty low Yeah. Uh, for a point in time. And that's always contextual, right? Um, and you're right, Like the smart guys are like, you know, you only have to do 12 sets to achieve maximum hypertrophy yeah. at a relative RP of eight. You're like, yeah. okay, but you don't know what an eight is.
2: Yeah, and
1: yeah. um, how many of them have be done? Yeah. See, so when you can marry the two, holy shit! Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah. But. Mm.
0: Good. yeah, Sweet. Big wheels, just like strolling around the house with no shirt on and shit.
1: So yeah, if you are, I tend to keep mine um, on when I'm around here. Yeah. To,
0: uh, <laughs> if you are uh, heard a monster walking through a house, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> yeah.
1: But I mean, they, like he's actually a good example, and so he's probably. I would give him by my standards, maybe like eight weeks out of condition mm. for a bodybuilder and a power lifter. But the reason why he looks that way is just because he had repeat nutrition. Yeah. At the back end, that was very controlled and he's outside the norm. He was roughly like, I think 30, 30 times body weight, should still theoretically be a deficit for someone like him. Yeah. And it did, so like 3,800 calories for him was achieving fat loss yeah. in the back end of this prep. But he he's just a dude that just ticks, the pre- ticks those things off the back end of it would get a little bit more difficult for him if he ever wanted to bodybuild again but like there's people out there that don't achieve the physique that he's achieved purely because they don't measure anything. Mm. Yeah. So, um,
0: yeah, I'm excited yeah. for the, the episode with the two of you and we go into yeah. performance and recovery and like marrying and all of yeah. that together. Yeah. How do we yeah. still perform? So, you guys will have to, actually that will probably be out before this so yeah. you've already listened to it good on you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you just tuned in for Dean in which case go back and listen to that one. Yeah, absolutely. This going to be good um thanks again
2: man yeah um we could talk about honestly we could talk about this for hours yeah, yeah. i could yeah um, yeah there's so much more i want to ask but i can ask it in the next one anyway yeah. yes um so yeah yeah we appreciate your time again yeah. no, i um,
1: appreciate your ears and your eyes yeah and again, <laughs> not you guys, yeah. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> yeah um
0: dean just gestured to the camera like, for the the ear people yeah. Yeah. this is our new coin
1: hashtag yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Hashtag ear people. um so how do we find you
1: man Ah, uh, so easy, just uh, www.flexsuccess.com.au. Um, all of our coaches' profiles and are on there so they can go on there and find us anywhere there. Um, our greatest amount of daily education happens on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, each coach, so there's seven of us, each coach has their own individual day to do some form of education, whatever that may be, on Instagram stories. That's just like a really cool place to get to know the coach even if you want to just see who you like. Yeah. Um, and, if you're into information and understanding the complexities to then become simple in your approach, whether you're a coach or just an individual who's trying to seek more information, uh, we just re- released a, a research review, which I'm super proud of and I think is really cool. Um, and you can find that on our, on our website as well. It's just on the homepage, you can't miss it. Um, and that's just a small subscription fee per week where we have a particular paper released one week, give you the opportunity to read it, then one of the coach reviews it, And then we do a second paper, second coach review. And then we do a third paper, double coach review on video. Um, And then eventually we've got to drop it in on audio as well so people can listen to it. So that's like a really deep dive into one particular study on a very popular issue. Um, And allows people to like not have to sit through all the bullshit, Um, but instead find out where we get our information from. should I to take my money? It's gotta be really cool, man. <laughs> <But> like, moments <laughs> like, yeah, like, like really proud of something you've got. Yeah. And I think, like, it's been done before in other instances, but it's usually just like paperback, shitloads of words, yeah. Yeah. and boring, whereas, um, I think we can make it really cool. So, we yeah. got mainly Dalton and Shannon killing that yeah that one best thing is the website so website and Instagram is a number one hits yeah mm. I said to Zach exactly in the
0: last episode that there's like five people that I turn audio on for yeah. on Instagram and then one of
1: them yeah cool um, everyone else is scared so you talking the fuck off even more now because I've got my sexy husky voice from yeah. The uh, like, yeah, was, yeah 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 uh, <laughs> so it's, it's
0: basically either food porn or a rant so it's usually yeah. it's uh, worth tuning into just yours as well um, yeah so we'll leave it there um, yeah I think this will come out after the Jewel one um,
1: maybe just mention the seminars yeah for sure stuff again Will, Will and I joked about this and I was going to write them down on my phone but I didn't have my phone on me but yeah we've got uh, Wellington on the 31st So we read up yeah that'd be great <laughs> uh, Wellington <laughs> in New Zealand is mainly one that uh, Will had some interest from and then I've jumped on board and we've created this seminar to work together um, that's going to be really cool so it's on the Sunday in March it's on your page um, yeah. yeah and then we've got uh, April 14th is Melbourne at Melbourne Strength Culture um, and then we are back into uh, Sydney after that, which is May 18th, I actually believe. Uh, and we're gonna do that at um, CrossFit Creature in Marrickville. That's right. So, um, yeah, full day, six hour, full day seminars, about six hours worth of content. Will's gonna do a little bit of practical component in there. Just I think like the uh, sort of top five problems with squat bench dead. Yep. I'm just gonna use me as an example because bodybuilders all lift like retards. <laughs> nah it's just going to be easier um, and there's going to be heaps of takeaways on that too yeah. so um, super looking forward to that it's actually going yeah. to be lots of fun
0: I'll most likely be in the Melbourne one as well if you want to I don't know probably want to come see it in but I'll say hey <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I might pull you up and put you on the spot yeah maybe
0: maybe yeah. we'll do your script throw, throw me
1: under the bus yeah. I'm, I'm,
0: down, I'm yeah. down anything that makes me better I'm in yeah.
1: yeah that's a good attitude to have and I think if people listen they're the same one so
0: yeah it's awesome sweet alright mm-hmm. we'll be back eventually for us <laughs> soon thanks guys you know, bye see you next Et time cetera.